You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. The YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. <laughs> what's up guys welcome to packers total access my name is clayton you can check us out on packernet.com you can find me on twitter at packers underscore access you can email us packers total access at gmail.com text us 865-658-5824 i'm joined alongside emilio live in tennessee i'm in tennessee as well you guys are going what in the world are you doing talking packers listen packers worldwide baby just like prestige worldwide like they oh, said yeah. the brothers right let's get on the boat <laughs> what are you into tonight man uh, nothing, man. Nothing. Uh, got uh, got a leaf job done today. It was brutal with the wind. 30 mile an hour gust. It was just swirling. So uh, the tarp and a rake was a friend for a while. But nothing. Got home, cooked up some steaks, and now I'm here ready to talk a little ball. Man, when you go out to do leaves, you're thinking, I am not touching that rake. I'm using a leaf blower the whole time. Mm-hmm. But when it comes time to have to use the rake because the wind's up, like you said, it's your best friend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And I cheat. I got uh, I got a rig on the front of it that has like a five foot leaf plow. So it's basically like a snow plow for leaves, which is yeah. sweet. But after a while, you got to use the blower, and it just ends up bad. Yeah, every time, man. Every time we got a packed house in here. Good to see everybody oh, yeah. in, in here. Peter Stone says really excited about everything going forward with our beloved Packers. Uh, after watching those press conferences between those two, talking about Lafleur and Halfley, obviously uh, Jen Wright says, "Hey guys, I love Halfley. Kept it short and short and sweet there." To the right? point. Um, Peter Stone said was really impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark in the chat says, yeah, listen to the press conference with Matt and then the new DC. We're actually going to cover that tonight, guys. I got some clips for you. For y'all. I want to get some uh, reaction from, from Emilio for sure. Mark says, Halfley sounded solid. Hope he can contain all those personalities we have on D and make them work as a team. It's going to be huge, man. Um, I think I think what, what the guys are going to realize with Halfley, and this is just going off of what other former players have said about Halfley, He's going to put them in a possession uh, in a position to succeed, right? And he it sounds like he comes from an angle of listen, guys, I want to help get you guys paid. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's do let's work together. Let's make sure that we're on our P's and Q's. That way we can elevate everyone rather than just, hey, here's here's the team. Like he seems to bring a little bit of a personal, personable approach, I think is the right way of saying it. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do for sure. Uh, David in the chat said, good evening, all you Halfley fans. Uh, the presser impressed me so much. I want to take on a 320-pound tackle. Uh, you might want to, David. I ain't trying to get mm-hmm. out of that business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, David uh, said he'll be the he'll be the running back for the safety filling up down filling downhill. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Let's listen. Let's just jump right into it, man. Um, you got any any opening thoughts before we jump into uh, what Halfley, uh, what well, what Lafleur had to say, and then what Halfley had to say? Anything you want to hit on first, man? 
Nothing. I got I got through Matt's. Um, I got through about half a half lease, I think, and then mm-hmm. then ran out of time, and now we're here. So um, I'm excited to kind of see what what the rest of that you got through. Um, and we'll go rapid at. fire here. We got like six clips, and some of them are shorter than others. I'm going to try to keep it, you know, pretty short, and we'll just kind of respond to what he's saying, and maybe try to, you know, just kind of kind of take a couple guess of what it may mean or may not mean. Right. Um, I, think, I think it was funny that I will say this right off the bat my opening statement. LaFleur basically came out and said, we're going to be playing zone and Halfley said, we're going to play man. <laughs> that was great. I was I like, did. I love it. I absolutely love it because it's mm-hmm. true. And people were going, what does this mean? It's true. Like mm-hmm. the team that played the most man last year played 40% man coverage, which means they played well, you know, a significant amount more zone than they played man, even though they played the most man in the league. So you're going to get both styles of defense. Um, I'm just excited about the teaching aspect for sure. But here we go. This is Matt LaFleur. First, he was asked uh, opening the press conference, uh, you know, about the decision switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3. And going in, so I know 3-4, 4-3 is kind of been blurred over the years, but that's the schematic change there. Yeah, so, I mean, certainly anytime you make a change of that magnitude, um, there's a lot of thought and deliberation that goes into that and, uh, you guys know how I feel about Joe Barry, and I'm so thankful for our time together. And uh, I got so much respect for him as a man, as a coach, and what he was able to do for us. Uh, and those are tough decisions. And but I think as as a head football coach, sometimes you got to make some tough decisions. And in terms of what you think you need to do moving forward to put your team in the best possible position, and um, I felt like, you know, we interviewed a lot of candidates and a lot of those guys actually went on and got coordinator jobs and just felt really good about what Jeff Halfley is going to bring to us in terms of his ability to lead, his ability to connect. Um, Certainly have always had respect for for him from afar as a football coach. Uh, He's worked with my brother at two different stops. He's worked with Kyle Shanahan at two different stops in Cleveland and San Francisco and I know how those guys, um, how much respect they have for, for him um, as a person first and a coach second. But uh, just really excited what, what he's going to bring. Uh, certainly it will be a different scheme, um, but I think it's one that I think it will be easy to ad- adjust to with, with the personnel that we have. That was something that certainly was at the forefront of my mind when we were going through this is, uh, you better make sure the, the pieces that we have in-house are capable of, of doing what uh, he's going to expect of them, and I think we have that in-house. I think anytime you have good players, uh, they should be able to adapt to most schemes. So felt comfortable with that, and uh, like I said, it was it was a good process. You get, get to meet a lot of different people throughout the process and um, definitely interviewed some, some really good football coaches. Love it. So, you know, one of the things he kind of pointed out there was obviously, uh, you know, kind of mentioning you got to make sure you got the pieces in house to accomplish that switch from a four three from a three four to a four three, and and really we've talked about it a lot here in the off season, right, Amelia? We've talked about when you go from a thirty four base and they like to play that thirty four jam look to a four three front. What you're essentially doing is you're you're going to need one less defensive lineman in base and one more linebacker, right? So it immediately makes you think, okay, as far as needs, let's tack one more player onto the needs of linebacker and reduce one from defensive line. And that's exactly what we did in the offseason with our need list. We had one starting D-line, one backup D-line listed as a need just based off of how the team had performed. This is this is considering that no one is going to return on, on right. the re-sign, you know, or the re-sign period, if you will. Um, so, and with the linebacker, it's like, okay, as we're before, you're in nickel a lot and you only need those two backers, right? But when you're in 34 jam, you're still just playing with two inside linebackers. Now, when you go with the 43, whether it's an under, a normal, or an over, you're going to need that third linebacker. So, hey, we were saying we could use a starting linebacker because we kind of felt like Devondre's dropping off a bit. You know, Quay's still the, uh, the big question mark there. I think he's got all the talent in the world. He can be good. But now you're going to need an extra linebacker, right? So um, we kind of shifted that. And I think what Matt LaFleur did was look at the roster and said, hey, look, we got the pieces. We mm-hmm. got the pieces. We can make this transition smooth, right? Um, but what did you think uh, of what he said there about switching to a 4-3? That trigger any thoughts in your mind, man? No, I, th- I think that's exactly it. I mean, 
why we spent all this time you spent i mean five four five six seven eight years building all this talent in here for a three four and if you're going to switch to a four three you cannot make that jump without being able to say hey you know Rashawn can play edge or um you know Preston can play edge we got the you know we got the tackles I think you know you and I were talking about it I think Quay you know might really excel with um you know a backer on each side of him you know kind of got two kind of got two pistols in his holster there ready to go and I think that um if we can stay in base a little bit longer and get a little bit more um either physicality preparation you know whatever Halfley's able to do for the secondary and keep us in base I think that could help with the run game all of that it would kind of be a you know a daisy chain effect yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's the other thing, too. Like, in a 4-3, typically it's a one-gap type scheme, meaning you're responsible right. for one gap in the running game. And and you heard Matt LaFleur say over and over last year, we're playing one gap anyway. So that aspect isn't really going to change. But I like what you said there, too. You know, Quay may play totally different with two backers right there, like you said. I, what I would refer to the double sidecar, you would refer yep. to as the holster, right? Like having those guys that close to you and being able to flow to the ball in unison – could be absolutely huge as opposed to two linebackers because, you know, the reality is with a 34 jam, you're playing more aggressive up front. You're putting five guys on the line of scrimmage as we're a four or three. You're only putting four guys up there. Right. Uh, that's kind of a big misconception that people think automatically we're just going to be way more aggressive now. Not necessarily the case. Now, if you go to an under or an over, which, by the way, a four three over is when you're basically putting a Sam on the line of scrimmage on the strong side, right? So you're putting the Sam on the line of scrimmage. You still got a five-man front. Right. And in an under, you're putting your will on the line of scrimmage. Okay. So essentially what it stands for is over the strong side, under the strong side. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meaning you're going to put kind of that extra pressure, that extra gap feel on the weak side of the defense. And, right. and this is and all I, stuff that we're all learning together as we go. Right. And I like that because, you know, what if you do kick Rashawn in just, and he, he goes one-on-one with a, with a guard, right? You know, he, yeah. he's not set specifically on the edge. We can work the backer up moving like that. And yeah. they talked about it. Matt talked about it here flowing. You know, we got to be um, maybe, or it's coming up flowing, you know, quick. He wants them coming downhill. You know, that's how this defense, that's how he wants to see it played. Right. Um, and I think it's a lot easier in a four three to do something like that. Yeah, something that kind of strikes me is I'm I'm eager to see is Preston Smith has the frame that you could put ten pounds on him and kick him inside. Rashawn Gary played inside at Michigan. Many people That's don't fair. know that. That's why he was kind of a big question mark when Goody drafted him because he played inside. He played very selfless. Um, that was his role. I, I I know I've told you guys before. For those that that haven't heard before, I've got a good friend Jeremy that's a big. Michigan fan, huge Michigan Wolverine fan. And when they drafted Gary, I went, hey, bro, what? Tell me about this guy. What do you think? He said he's a stud. And I'm like, bro, I'm looking at his numbers. And like, don't BS me. Don't BS a BS. Yeah, right. right. And he said, uh, he said, no, Clayton, he said he was asked to play very selfless, uh, play the run. He played in the interior. You put him on the edge, he's going to be a menace. And that's mm-hmm. what we've seen, you know. Oh. Again, registered, you know, nine and, a, nine and a half sacks. What was it last year? Nine sacks this year pressure weight through the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just one of the, like I said, the I think one of the only players on our defense is graded out in the eighties, three years in a row. Right. So, and, and um, you said it selfless. That's exact. That is Rashawn Gary to a T. I mean, he is a team player. He will do anything for the team for, you know, it doesn't even have to be for the team. It could be just a player to his side. He needs one thing. You know, I Rashawn's the guy to drop everything and do it. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Let's go to the chat here. SDN says finding a single high safety sounds like a priority and they don't grow on trees. Good ones anyway. Very good point there. Um, let's see. Reef says, uh, Clayton, I know you love that Coach Halfley said about the safety position and the hot or the type of player the safety has to be. Um, Emilio, you were talking about that when we were offline there, right? What did he refer to that safety as? Do you remember what the, he said? The post safety. Post safety, yeah. And what he means with the post safety is that's that guy. When you guys, when you see my draft board, and I've got I've got positions lit up in green. That's tier one. Lit up in blue is tier two. Safety is lit up in blue because I'm talking about the post safety. I'm talking about the single high safety. So, right. I think what you're going to see, and this could all go out the window once the season starts, right? Because you know, here's the thing too. Lafleur, as we'll play here in just a second, mentions they're going to be playing zone. Halfley mentions they're going to be playing man. <laughs> they're going to be playing both. They're sending smoke signals everywhere in every direction. Right. Right? I personally think reading between the lines and what I've seen from what Halfley has said and just kind of going based off of what his defenses have done in the past, there's going to be less sugar in the secondary. What we did last year was we showed too high 
and we rotated to one high the entire year. We played, you know, middle field close, fifth most in the league. I think we're probably going to still play middle field close, meaning you're going to have that post safety center field, um, but you're just going to line up in that pre-snap. There's going to be no more of that sugar and late to the rotation type thing. I think the sugar and will come up front, which Barry did his share of that too, mugging the A-gaps. I can show you play after play after play this year where we mugged the A-gaps. We ran twists, stunts, all that stuff. Um, but that single high safety is what he's talking about, the post safety. That mm-hmm. guy that – in a cover three defense, there's two there's two defenses that's middle field close. It's cover three and it's cover one man. In cover one man, you've got a single high safety up top, right? In a cover three zone, you've got two dropping to the third on the outside and one cover in the third in the middle. Right. Both cases, that's called middle field close. That's your post safety. Um, so that's what he's referring to there. And, and you guys are right, man. Uh, Reef, I'm excited about that because it, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. When you're playing – when you're playing Fangio, and I want to reiterate this over and over and over, we did not play Fangio's defense last year, okay? We did not. We played middle field close. When you're playing in a Fangio defense, though, the safeties in the corners aren't that important because nine times out of ten, when a quarterback snaps the ball, he fills the rush. Is it four, five, or six coming? He's going to look to the midline, and then he's going to look to the safety. So probably start safety, snap the ball, look mid, go back safety. And if they're playing quarters, if they're playing four high, He's not going up top nine times out of ten. Now, if they're three high, that's where you can stretch the field with verts, with four vert concepts, and, and added some choice routes in your number two receiver and really put stress on that cover three. But I say that because if you're going to go and you're not, you're no longer going to sugar that, basically we were playing single high with a defense that wasn't equipped to play single high last year. That's, that's the message I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So if you go out and you get that true center field safety, and I think people in the chat are kind of kind of talking about this. If if you hear them talking about that, they might be aggressive in free agency with a safety. And we've talked about some of these names, man. We talked about, you know, at the top of the list is Antoine Winfield. I think he's going to get franchise tagged. I don't think Tampa's going to let him out of the bay. Right. Um, Xavier McKinney probably going to go to the tune of 12 and a half to 14 million per. That might be out of our price range, although we know we can move the money around and make it work. But your Geno Stones. And, uh, and, you know, I'll tell you someone I would like to see, and I think he played really well in the post, is uh, is our boy Rudy Ford. And someone else brought it up the other night on the pod. And uh, I really think there's a chance that Rudy Ford makes it back, man. Yeah. Um, I think that if he watches, if Halfley watches the tape of Ford on the field, he's probably going to go, you know what, this kid, <laughs> this kid right here might fit the bill. Um, when it comes to the other free agents that we mentioned, I'm trying to remember, Alohi Gilman was the other one. That's right, was the other safety. So, um Good stuff there. Let's wrap up the chat real quick. We'll get to the next video. Chat Inc. says, loved Halfley's presser. Uh, one thing that stood out to me uh, was you can tell he demands respect, but not in a drill sergeant type of way, in a leader you want to play for because you believe in him. It, you know, Matt LaFleur said it at his presser too, like it's important for his coaches to lead by example and show, look, we're going to demand excellence out of you guys, but you're going to get excellence out of us too. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely huge, man. Leaders eat yeah. last top mentality. Matt said it. How can how can you ask, you know, a player to come in with energy, effort and excitement and you walk in, you know, slump. Haven't had haven't had coffee in 3 weeks, you know, you're you're walking into a wall. I mean, you think of it like King Leonidas 300, you know, he's at, back in the day, the leader was at the front of the charge, you know. We're we're going into battle, I'm leading, you're going to, you know, we're going to fight beside you. That's what that's what we're looking for. And happily I think carries that. You going to get me talking history, dude. General Washington <laughs> the Battle of Monmouth, the Battle of Monmouth, their general, I can't, I think it was Horatio Gates, was retreating and Washington charged up and said, What are you doing? He's like, They got, they basically, basically what Horatio Gates, we're screwed, guys. Yeah, right. And Washington rode right to the front of the line and said he sprinted his horse back and forth across the front line to rally everyone. And they ended up winning that Battle of Monmouth. Um, it's absolutely huge that the leaders actually lead. I know it's very rare in our country nowadays because, in my opinion, we haven't had a good president since I was a damn baby. But that's a that's a topic for another day. There's Republicans that just got mad. There's Democrats that just got mad. Good. That's all I got to say. All right. So, yeah, you've got to lead by example. You've got to lead by example. But uh, let's see here. Um Antonio in the chat said LVN played best at Iowa inside. You know, when we drafted LVN Antonio, I was excited about seeing him inside. And then Greg Cosell broke my heart 
on a on a podcast and said, yeah, what I'm hearing out of Green Bay is they're going to play him at outside linebacker. So that that kind of strikes me as odd. And I was just like, because Cosell knows what he's talking about, man. And sure enough, we didn't see him inside at all. I would love to see that this year, Antonio. I think that would be absolutely awesome, man. So, uh, yeah. All right, let's go to – this is the comment that I was talking about that Matt LaFour kind of made you think, oh, are we thinking more zone than man? Maybe more more zone than we're expecting when he talks about keeping eyes on the quarterback. You guys have heard us talk about it on Chalk Talk all year where, you know, when we play man, we're giving up the explosive plays. And the reason being is they've got their eyes on their work, their backs to the ball. Uh, that opens up the running game. That also opens up scrambling for the quarterbacks like you've seen uh, – you know, uh, what's his name? Your Cutlets boy up there in uh, in, in New yeah. York. Tony, ta- ta- or uh, yeah, we already got his name. Didn't we? I always yeah, call him I Danny DeVito. His name, right. DeVito. I would call him Danny DeVito, but anyway, there it is. Um, that's the reason that stuff opens up because your back's to the ball. Here's Matt LaFleur talking about keeping your eyes on the QB. He does for them, he makes it easy as a coach. How hard is it to make it easy for your guys? And to have people say that from a lot of different backgrounds, it seems like it's something he's done everywhere. I think it's very easy to make it hard on our players, uh, quite frankly, because as coaches, we want to we want to be able to get up there and talk. And sometimes we can over talk things, but ultimately it comes back down to the player. We're not out on the field playing. So how can we try to put them in the best position possible and, and make it easy for them to go out there and execute the vision that we have for them? We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. What does that mean, make it easy? How do you, how do, you do that? Like, what Specifically, what are, what are things they can do? Well, just... Um... That's a great question, Pete, in terms of it's you've heard the term paralysis by analysis. Sometimes you give guys too much information and they're, they're looking at too many things. And it's how do you get it into a singular focus so that they can go out there and, and play at a high level and play fast and play without hesitation? Um, so how can you give them? It's because I do believe there's a fine line because you, you want to give them as much information as they can handle. But I think part of that is knowing your personnel. Some guys can handle more than others. And so you've got to get to know your players and, and try to figure out how much they can do and how much they can handle. And I think that was when you look at our team, um, especially this year, I think that was part of our issue early on, uh, early in the season when we were struggling um, more, more 
I would say from an offensive standpoint is we were still learning a lot of our guys and, and what they could handle and what was too much. And um, we found that sweet spot and that allowed us to go out there and, and execute at a higher level. What are you looking for for vision based like out of your safeties? And is the fact that Jeff spent so much time as a secondary coach, was that appealing to you to run your defense? Yeah, I would say definitely. Um, I think, especially in this league, it's such a pass-dominant league. Um, that was definitely one of the most appealing things to me is, was his ability to lead from the back end. Um, but I, th I think he's got a great knowledge base at, on all three levels. What was the other thing, yes? Vision-based. You're talking about you want players that are fast, physical, and vision-based on the back end. Well, yeah, I would say more vision-based more visual on the quarterback because he's going to ultimately take you to where the ball is going to go. So, and it's hard to do that when, if you're playing with your back to the quarterback or if you're playing a real matchy, not to, not to say that you, we won't be that. Um, there's certainly going to be circumstances when you want to man up and play some match coverage. But, um, you know, I would say a, a big part of what we're going to do, especially from a coverage standpoint, is going to be have vision on the quarterback. There you go. And and I think what he said there was true, too. Like, he didn't come out and say, hey, we're just only going to play zone, right? He said it's going to be a good a good chunk of what they play. And when he's talking about matchy, what he's talking about is you, you guys have heard us on Chalk Talk when I would refer to something as cover three zone match, cover two zone match. You're matching the route across from you. So you've got every call is different. You could have a cover three call where – Let's say the free safety or let's say the strong safety is rotating into the box and he's got the number three if he goes vertical. All right. That could be his match. Meaning, let's say they're in a trip set from the outside from the sideline in, number one, number two, number three. He's got the three if he goes vert. If the three drags across, you pass it off to the inside and now you sit in your hook zone, right? Or maybe you go straight to the flat. You've got all these different principles that are that are applied when you when you play match. And and what Matt's talking about there is exactly what we we refer to all year long, man. When you play with your – Matt knows. Coach LaFleur knows. He's like, when you turn your back to that quarterback – I know everybody loves man coverage, but when you turn your back to that quarterback, more things can go wrong than right. And right. that's just – that's why at times I felt like I must be the only Packer fan that feels this way. But then you go look at the numbers and everyone across the league is playing more zone than man. It's like, okay, now that you feel vindicated, it's like, okay, I haven't lost my damn mind. All right, I, mm -hmm. I know <laughs> I'm understand what I'm talking about here, but what did you think about what Matt yeah. said there about keeping his eyes on, on the quarterback? No, that's it. <clears throat> I mean, you have to. That's you, you. Where's the ball? It's in his hands. So, um, you know, your best option is to keep an eye on him looking forward. But it's the same thing like playing lacrosse. Uh, you know, you're trying to defend the goal, right? So your back is to the goal. You're trying to, you know, you don't need to pay attention. You got to pay attention where the ball is. Let's look forward. Let's look ahead. All right. Do your drop steps, make your read, and then then make a play on it. Um, you know, if you dilly-dally with your back turned, it's over. I mean, you make one wrong step, they're explosive play. Right. It's just like hockey, too. You know, I don't know a whole lot about hockey, but they say you got to go to where the puck's going, not where it is. You gotta you gotta play fast in that regard. Right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta slide. You got someone coming around the crease. You gotta slide ahead of time to stop them before they get past you know goal line extended. It's all about playing fast, and that's what Lafleur talks about here next in this next video. First, uh, Tad in the chat said it's Back to the Future 2009. We're only one Charles Woodson and Clay Matthews away from winning it all. Well, we I, I could use a Charles Woodson right now. Let me tell you, <laughs> Donovan Schilling said just stopped in to say. Love and the Packers have come to an agreement. 69 years, $420 billion. Celebration emoji. Right. Uh, it's funny. When I first read it, I went, wait, did, did we get – Yeah, we get something Final to May? We, uh -huh. and then, I, then I read the billion and was like, get out of here, Rebecca. Sounds like our debt's selling right now. Anyway, um, Chad Inc. In the, in the chat said, Halfley also said, when a reporter brought a press man single high, he said uh, – Okay, yeah, when he brought that, he said, why does everybody want to play press man so much? He said he wants to keep eyes on the quarterback, maybe more zone than we think. There you go, man. Mm -hmm. Kind of a grin because it's like it, that's what I was worried about was like if if he comes in here and we play 60%, man, and we just blow the lid off with a normal NFL, you know, kind of kind of style of play, 
whew, we're gonna give up some explosives. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's huge that he's saying that too. Um, it is funny though. I do remember him saying, oh, "Why why do y'all want to play so much press, man?" <laughs> yeah. Well, so, when, when you're playing man, you're asking everybody else to have to step up as well, right? So, I mean, I'm excited to see our front four you know, be able to step up and do something. And then we have that extra guy in coverage sort of thing, but that all, that all is going to come with time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Antonio in the chat said maybe LVM would, would uh, gain 10 pounds. He's got the frame for it. That, that boy, my God. And he's just a pup, man. He's so young. Uh, just, I, I was really impressed with his rookie year. That's just me personally. You know, obviously he didn't come out and have a, a TJ Watt type of year or anything like that, but when, with the assignments that he was asked to perform, there was very few times that I was like, ah, man, the game's just too big for him right now. Mm-hmm. It was, if anything, he wasn't playing free enough. I'd like to see him play faster. And when you go to a 4-3, I want to mention this. Typically in a 34 jam, the defensive linemen and even the edge defenders, they have to hesitate a bit, especially the defensive linemen, the three-down linemen. They're, they're typically 300 pounds plus so they can control two gaps. So it's – Fire off the ball, engage, get your eyes in the backfield, and you're sliding horizontally to plug those gaps and allow the four backers to make the play. That's why typically the statistics go down for interior defensive linemen in a 34-base defense. When you go to a 4-3, one of the characteristics of a 4-3 defense is the defensive linemen can play more aggressive now. They can just fire off into their one gap and focus on beating their guy. You're basically playing the run to the pass as opposed to engage control the line of scrimmage type thing. So mm-hmm. that's an exciting part for me. And the reason being is you can be aggressive and you got three stack backers as opposed to just two kind of covering your rear there. So, right. And um, anyone that's played football, you know how hard it is to engage somebody and try to drag them into a, you know, you're, you're either trying to drag them into a gap to block that gap so you can take A or, you know, A or B, vice versa. But to be able to move someone horizontally when you're also trying to move forward, it, it's, next to impossible so you know the fact that they're always asking them to to cover two gaps is um you know obviously the the um you know the objective of the three four but i'm excited to see what the four three does to uh to our d line again i've I've been following the team real close since you know like i said i started watching the tape and trying to understand the x's and o's since 2010 and uh it just so happened the year i started was the year they won the super bowl so it grabbed my freaking soul it was awesome Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it's always been a 34 defense. So this is a new learning experience for me to really dive in and understand the little nuances to a 43. I'm really excited about the articles that I know are going to drop in the near future. Donald, the chat says nothing but nothing but a gut feeling here. Uh, I think Halfley is going to be a home run DC. I, I really like the energy you brought today, Donald, mm-hmm. no doubt about it, man. Um, one of the things, like I said, that LaFleur talked about was uh, – was talking about, you know, playing fast and playing physical. They asked the question. I caught the end of it or the very beginning of his answer. You'll hear he starts with fast and physical. They were asking, how do you want this defense to play, right? What kind, what style of defense do you want to play? Mm-hmm. What's the characteristics, if you will? Here's what Coastal Force said. Fast and physical and attack the ball. And um, we will be a little bit more vision-based on the back end. And um, I think that's that's great opportunity to – uh, be able to go out there and generate takeaways. What was it specifically you liked about Jeff's defenses in the college ranks or maybe what he had done in the secondary in the NFL? Yeah, I think he's just he's got a way to make it very easy for our players so they can, can go out there and let their natural ability take over. And um, we're kind of working through some of the schematics right now. I've uh, been a part of some of those meetings. And, you know, I, I definitely like the vibe. I think we've – it's it's – never about one person you better have the collective the the people that are we we've surrounded him with um there's a lot of good football coaches and guys that are coming from different schemes and different systems but i do believe that if you have the right kind of people the right teachers um you know they're going to get the most out of our players whether they've you know coaching the scheme or not Obviously, he's coached at the NFL level on defense. But what do you think he gained in his time as a head coach? Well, it's we've had a lot of those conversations, and I think one one benefit I would say, um, from my perspective, is he's sat in the same seat, and so 
Uh, it's good for us to be able to bounce ideas off each other. He's going to be somebody that, that I certainly lean on and not necessarily in, in what we're doing defensively. Um, you know, I think, I think he's just got great perspective of what being a head coach entails. And I know it's not, uh, you know, we're going into what, year six now? It's hard to believe, but uh, year six. But you can always use people to bounce ideas off of. Um, you know, and especially somebody who sat in that seat. Matt, does it also? That right there is absolutely huge. Amelia. Having someone, even if it's at the college level, who's been in head, been a head coach. Because, you know, I talk about all the time, like people ask me for advice on a job or starting a new career. It's like, if you're going to be an employee for someone else, try to see your everyday occupation through the eyes of the owner of the business. If you look at it like that, you by default will make that company money. And when that owner realizes you're making more money for them, that money's going to trickle down to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing with coaching. If you've been a head coach, you've been in that, in those shoes in, in, in that, you know, at that, in that specific seat, then you know, okay, I know what Matt's going through right here. And you could take some of that pressure off. And, you know, obviously coach Basaccia is the assistant head coach, but I think Halfley's going to kind of step into that role too and help Matt see things from different angles mm -hmm. because you can never have, too many eyes on a problem, man. Right. You know, that's that's the the number one goal in 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 any kind of issue you have, whether it's a uh, you know sports, you know a, a team, a business, whatever. It's identifying the problem, getting it fixed as soon as possible. If you've got someone who's seen from that upper level of head coach, it's huge, mm -hmm. man. And what I like is that Halfley's not the guy that seems like he wouldn't need that assistant head coach. You know, he wouldn't he wouldn't need that title to to do the things he's he's doing. And you've talked about it. I don't know how many times about having, uh, I think it was Bill, right? He has a guy that he goes to because he's been there. He's seen it. He's, he's, yep. So, so now that Matt actually has a guy, it doesn't matter that it was college. He's still coaching, you know, human beings in the game of football. Doesn't matter if it was two or three years after or before. All right. So, I mean, yeah, different rules and everything, but he's got the process down. The, the game is relationships and, you know, effort and time that's that's football really honestly so um it's it's really cool to see that how, how they're looking at it a different way now yeah definitely it does seem like they've got a more bird's eye approach to how they're going to attack it uh, 91 packer fan good to see you and everybody says love what we heard from halfley got the pieces let's make something happen this year definitely. it kind of seems like that window's completely open right now man that's really cool it came a lot quicker than i expected ron in the chat says halfley stress pressure in the quarterback maybe Maybe when, maybe that's when, uh, that may be when man coverage uh, comes into play. Could be, man. And, and that's the thing about man coverage. Like if you play man, the goal is, especially press man, is to slow down, reroute, slow down the pass concepts from developing so you can get to the quarterback. If that quarterback, if that rush doesn't hit home, that's where the explosives come from, right? And that's why we always talk about pressure, pick, coverage, sack. Everything's got to play together in unison. Chris in the chat says, that was my key statement by Matt LaFleur, quote, fast and physical, completely agree. Kind of perked me up in my seat when I heard it. Um, Vahan, I hope I'm saying that right, says, uh, Halfley will change the defensive culture of the Packers. Completely agree. He's kind of bringing that. It, it's not like a fire-on-fire fire approach. It's a, hey, right. we're going to outsmart the other team. And I know what the hell I'm talking about. You guys just mm -hmm. buckle up and listen, and we can get this done. That time, yeah, right. Halfley doesn't need, right? Halfley doesn't need to walk into the room like. Who do you think you are? I am. He just <laughs> he just shows up and he he wants to help the players. All right, I love that. I love that about him. And, and it seems like he's going to be really really good. He's really good with people skills. And he's a really good speaker. And there's a lot of tips to that. Like there's a mm -hmm. lot of little tricks of the trade of that. And uh, I, I think he's going to be able to connect on a personal basis. I know that because you've seen all the former players come out and talk about him like that. You don't see former players talk like Rex Ryan, talk about Rex Ryan like that, or some of these other big name DCs. Right. It, it, this is one of those guys that it's like it seems like the former players like he instills confidence in us. You, you, they called him the Wizard. That was the nickname they gave him, the Wizard, because he was so well prepared. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see if it. it and how many on. people? How many people have we heard from saying? You know, he makes it easy. He makes it simple. He makes it, you know, he makes it convenient to explain to the players to make it, you know, able for them to process it quickly on the field. I, I love that. I mean, yep. we're lucky, it sounds man. so simple, but it's it's true, man. 
Reef in the chat said LVN did what he was told. He did an excellent job. I agree, man. Uh, he said uh, LVN had a couple of fourth down stops. Remember the play? I don't know if it's a fourth down stop, but the sack on Justin Fields. When he ran Justin Fields down, the look on Justin Fields' face when he got up off the turf was like, how the heck did he catch me? Like, yeah. And then the fourth down stop, one that came to mind for me, was the fake punt that he sniffed out and mm -hmm. made the tackle. We, we showed yeah. that on Chalk Talk, too. I remember that play. Justin Fields. Who? <laughs> exactly. My man might be looking for some work here soon. Sound like Chris in the chat says, 11 guys on defense that are fast and physical with a mean demeanor would be fantastic and so much fun to watch. Could you imagine as good as the offense played last year, and we finished top 10 in offense basically in the important categories in my opinion. We finished 12th, I think it was 12th in scoring defense, but all the other metrics were pretty low down, right? So if we can get this defense to where we stabilize that top 10 scoring defense, but now you you really kind of improve the run defense, run you know rushing yards per attempt, passing yards per attempt, passing yards per attempt is my big thing because it did it went down significantly. Although we did get more pressure on the quarterback, more sacks, all that stuff than the previous year. Right. Um, if you could just up those just a touch, and this offense stabilizes, and you and you kind of stay in that top ten, who knows climbing to the top five, could be a special year, man. Could be a really special year. Dave in the chat says uh, we need a we need a player like Darius Robinson, six foot five, two ninety. Preach that dude is he he really impressed at the uh, at the Senior Bowl, and I'm telling you right now, man. Hearing Jake respond or, or comment about you know how he impressed down there, and now seeing him soaring up the draft boards, Darius Robinson is probably going to be a first round pick, and they, they're talking about his comps being like JJ Watts. So. Uh, so, somebody to definitely watch out for there, no doubt about it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump into the the man of the hour here. This is how Coach Halfley opened up his presser, and uh, I love that he got straight to the point and said, "You know what? I know where we're at. We're in Title Town. We're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the mecca of football. Let's just lead off with that and show these fans what I think of this place. This is really cool talking about his decision uh, to come up here to BDC." of Green Bay as opposed to head coach at, at Boston College. In the playoff games and watching at the end of the season, I mean, it was really impressive. And that really excited me. And then I guess lastly is, is, a, is a guy that grew up loving football. It's the Green Bay Packers. I mean, this is like the mecca of the football world to me and probably to most people who grew up loving football. Um, just being here and driving into Lambo every day, it still feels surreal. The community, um, maybe the best fans in all, in all of the world as well. I mean, that made a really, really hard decision for me. Uh, leaving Boston College, players that I love, staff that I loved, um, the leadership at the school, it made a really hard decision a lot easier. And ultimately, that's why I decided to come. Um, and now that my head's finally cleared up a little bit and I see things a heck of a lot more clearly than when I was making that decision, um, <coughs> There's no, no, there's no doubt about it that I made a great one. And I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be around all you guys. I'm excited to be a part of the staff, some of the new guys that we brought in. And I really can't wait to get going. There you go. Hey, he went straight to the heart. They're talking about the mecca of football, right, in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I love how, again, the people skills, connecting with the media right off the bat. Let, listen, let's make a bunch of friends in here until y'all cross me. And then, it, you know what I'm saying? Let's get started off on the right foot. Yep. He plays a very intelligent person. And what I mean by intelligent, I don't mean – I don't know what his college background is. I don't know what his education is. But there is a thing called – it's it's called a social IQ. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of people that don't have it. Mm -hmm. where, where we're from, it's called street sense. Or I always joke and say yeah. holler sense, right? You know, yeah. You got, you got street smarts, holler smarts. Yeah, right? books, book smarts, street smarts, yep. Right, and, it, and what it means is social IQ is understanding – how other people see you, they look at you, what they think of you. Some people are completely oblivious to that. And they think, oh, I've got this thing licked. Yeah, you see them, you see them on the podcast. They get the narcissist cam. They're up in here like, <laughs> like they it's 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 social IQ and, and uh, a large percentage of society is lacking it today. You could tell he's got a very, very high social IQ. And I, I'm telling you what it's gonna do. I mean, Maybe real for a minute. You know who has a low social IQ, in my opinion. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean a player, a, a person's cocky either. It just means they're lacking awareness of of how they're perceived to other people. Was Joe Barry, and I like Joe Barry. I thought he was a down to earth type of guy. 
but he would make some comments. I'm like, oh, Joe, you're going to get roasted for this. Mm. I'm rooting for you, bub, but you're going to get roasted for this. Low social IQ. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Halfley's got that. And he probably probably got a lot of that from being a, being a head coach, too. But what do you think of those comments, man? He went and over with the title town or the uh, the Mecca comments, right? Well, that's it. I mean, after that, after that comment, this is all I thought. Man, stop playing with him. You stop playing with him. Exactly. That's it. Because I mean, that's that's the one way to approach this fan base. I mean, we love the history. We love what this team's about. It's you know, it's it's people owned. It's all of that those things. He walked right up here and said, "Dude, I I was a kid before. You know, I grew up to be this person now. You don't think I thought about." Green Bay when I was a kid and how awesome that would be, how cool it would be to walk into the stadium. Those were my thoughts when I was right. Those were my thoughts when I was three. Like, come on now, let's let's be real here. You don't think that anybody in the NFL has ever thought of like walking through Green Bay if they've never done it before. So um, I'm happy that he addressed it because we can get behind something like that. You know, that's something we can bite into. Yeah, the old Lombardi quote, right? The the most battles are are won in the hearts of men, and once you've won their hearts, they'll follow you anywhere. Um, he's doing that with the fan base right now, going, hey, look, I know I know what this place means to you guys, and we're going to essentially carry the G, right? Yep. Uh, Reef in the chat uh, said, attack the ball and give the ball back to the offense. Perfect. That's the, that's the big thing, too, I'm expecting is the turnovers to increase, and it's not necessarily a scheme thing. The dropped interceptions last year were horrendous. I don't think Halfley's going to put up with it, man. Right. I don't. And maybe he'll approach – you know, when he watched the tape, I guarantee you he's seen the same thing. Like, boy, they left a lot of turnovers on the table with these drop picks. I guarantee you that's going to be an emphasis going into mini camp, off season program, all that stuff, and into training camp of, of sealing the deal on those. Because I'm telling you, we're not going to call a defense we haven't seen before. The majority of what we ran last year was cover one man, and we played a lot of cover three. You're going to see a lot of that with Halfley's defense. But how is he going to coach as a a DB coach specialist, right? How's he going to coach for them to seal those picks and break on the ball a little bit quicker, right? That type of thing. Um, right. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is coming down a stretch here, like we we should get some news here real quick to see, all right, who – he's watched the tape now. He's going to go to LaFleur and go, all right, I like this player, this player. There's probably going to be a handful of them. He goes, I don't like that one. You may see some moves here soon. Man. Right. What are you going to say, Emilio? I'm just saying, you know, it's different from the pregame warm-up where the dude's – you know, hey, back straight, back left, back right, and then, you know, lost him a little duck. You know, we, we need to work on catching this ball. In in crunch time, you know, loud noises, three people around you, whatever, we need to make sure we convert these turnovers because that's, you know, another chance for the offense. We're leaving, you know, um, turnovers on the field, all those things. And I think that, like you said, he saw that in the tape, and there's a lot to like about this team. And I think he answered that question really well in his interview when they asked him about the, you know, what could the team um, from this previous year had done differently to be, you know, a better defense. And he was like, no, I think that, you know, the defensive staff did great with everything that they did. You know, I'm looking forward. This is how I'm going to approach it. And I I mean, he, he, he really did answer everything the right way. Um, He crushed it. Aaron Nagler said it best. He said, uh, I I can't remember the exact quote, but he put a tweet out just a second ago. I actually commented on it. Let me see if I can find it real quick because it cracked me up. I won't post it on here, but, um, you know, Aaron's always saying uh, a lot of ball game left, a lot of ball game left. That's like his big quote. What was it he's seen here? Gosh, it was uh, it was hilarious, man. Let me find it. Man, I, my notifications are crazy. I shouldn't have posted that that video earlier. It's gone absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you, got, yeah, you, you stirred up the beast now. I'm telling you. Aaron Negler said, doesn't mean much, of course, but Halfley won the SHIT out of that presser. And I, I commented, put no ball game left. It's over. <laughs> no ball game left at all. So, uh, yeah, he did. He crushed it, man, no doubt. Jen mm-hmm. Wright said um, he has the quiet confidence to him, uh, loves loves staff loves staff picks. Um, I'm ready for camp to start. Yeah, I think she said she loves the staff pickups. Um, yeah, camp camp's going to be awesome. It's right around the corner, too. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's going to be here so fast. If we continue to talk about the right stuff, and stay engaged with what the team's focused on right now. I guarantee you, nobody in that front office is going. Man, I wish the season would get here. They're going. We're going to run out of time. We got so much to get done. If you know what they're keyed in on, then you can really kind of understand what the organization's doing. It makes the offseason go by that much quicker. Jeff in the chat, good to see you, everybody. He says, "I want these safeties in the draft. Uh, number one, Newbin from Minnesota. Number two, Bullock from uh, USC. Number three, Hicks out of Washington State. I like it, man. I like it." Uh, love Newbin, man. Newbin's my guy. He's been my guy mm-hmm. from day one. I caught some hell for it right off the bat. Uh, big him over Kenshin's, but uh, seems like 
he's becoming the, the clear-cut favorite now, which is exciting for sure. Um, let's see, Ron in the chat says, takeaways must increase. They got to, man. You got you to gotta win that turnover battle. And, and one easy way to win that turnover battle is to make sure you're taking the ball away. You know, Jordan done an excellent job in the second half of the season not turning the ball over. Um, we just, as a defense, got to continue to take it away. Chris in the chat says, at Reef, exactly attack the ball, and hopefully that turns into more turnovers. Um, and then SDM40 says, I'm afraid Bullock might snap in two on the first tackle. Uh, should every if if should every attempt one should ever attempt one? Yeah. What he's saying. Um, so evidently, he doesn't like his uh, tackling ability. Though. I was watching a little more tape on Vaki. Man, he you know he played running back for a little while. Did he really? Yeah, and during the season he played like I think he had like 300 yards, two touchdowns, something like that. A little wildcat, a little bit of like you know sidecar. And he just seemed like a dude kind of like Keyshawn. You know, he's got that, um, you know, the, t- the team was great. Everybody performed perform well, but he's also got that offense-defense dog. I think they had a lot of in- uh, injuries, and he just stepped up and played. But I like I liked the way he came downhill. Definitely. Reef in here, he's got a special request. He said, just keep it simple. <laughs> and now that Tim's not in here. You'll get that 100% of the time if I see yeah. that comment, I promise um, all right, let's do this. Let's go to uh, actually talking about his core beliefs, just kind of getting getting right down to the nitty-gritty about, all right, here's my core beliefs on coaching defense. Change when you come to the NFL. I know you've obviously been in the NFL before, but how much do those core beliefs change when you see the personnel you have here and it's a different game in this league? Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the NFL, right? And then I went to Ohio State, and the big knock on me when I went to Ohio State was this is an NFL guy. He he can't coach in college, right? So the things I believe in defense or whether you're playing 3-4, 4-3, press man, which I do love, zone coverage, vision and break, quarters match, I mean, it comes down to can you can you take your players who you have and put them in the best position to succeed? And can you take your players and maximize their ability? Like every player wants to get better, and that's our job to do. Our job is to put the players in the best position to succeed and make plays. And that's through scheme, right? People can say that a lot of the scheme is simpler, but it's, it's very detailed. We try to make it simple for the players so they can play fast, so they don't have to think, so they can be confident and not be afraid to make mistakes, so I can get them the information, we can get them the information that they need so they can go out there and be fearless and play with their hair on fire and just run and hit and cover and get off blocks and tackle. I mean, that's the beauty of the scheme. And we got guys that can press. Let's line up and get our hands on people. I mean, I think that's really important. You get a guy who can play his own third, who can read two to one, let's do it and go get the ball. I mean, I've been around like Richard Sherman, who was as good at anybody to ever play the game. What he's talking about, two to one there, guys. Reading the two to one, if it's in a two by two set and he, he needs a safety that can read two to one, he's reading the two. If it's a vertical threat, right? If it's a vertical threat, then okay, I've got to be willing to pick him up in a two to one read. And what it means is two to one. If the two ends up sitting down in a curl or he breaks it off in a shallow cross, a drag or something, right? Then you immediately turn your eyes to number one and go look for work. That's what he's talking about there. Game at that. And then I've been around some of the best press corners that have ever played the game. Guys like Darrell Revis and a lot of really good guys. So, you know, as we really piece this together, and, and I'm sure you know right now, and we're, we're watching it, we're, we're putting it together as a staff, um, but those core beliefs aren't going to change. That's how we're going to play. And our players should be excited about that. Um, and I'm excited about that as a coach. Well, I'm excited about it too, Coach Halfley. That's what do you think about that, man? The dude knows his stuff, man. Not that any – I mean, listen, every coach that makes it to the National Football League knows their stuff. We like to give Joe Barry hell. Joe Barry has forgot more about football than anybody that has ever been on my show, I promise mm-hmm. you, and that includes the former players. I guarantee you him as a coach understands. You could get a former player like Mike Wall on and go, okay, uh, and ask him a detailed question about defense. I guarantee you go, ah, I'm not really sure. But Joe Barry can answer that question. It's how you convey the message that, that determines how, how good of a coach you're going to be, preparations, everything. But um, Halfley knows his stuff, though, man. Yeah. And, and, again, it's not that he knows more than anyone else. I think he's just such a good communicator. That's going to be huge and yeah. relay the message for the players. That's the word right there, communication. The way, he, the way he's able to articulate it is everything – and why I think everyone loves them as well. You know, when Matt said, hey, you know, we brought Goody and we brought Mark, we brought everybody in to make sure that we were good with Jeff. And he, you know, he showed up, he produced. Um, 
I like that. You know, he's able to put what's on paper into, you know, on the field sort of thing. I didn't learn well, you know, with just text. You know, I need I needed that tactile visual learning. I needed to be able to process it, sort of thing like that. And he he probably is able to just combine all three of those because with every football player, I'm sure you got all three. You know, visual, tactile, and um, you know, text, textual, or whatever. So. Yeah. I think that um, the way that he's able to produce that information and give it to the player is awesome. And that that's where they're going to really, um, you know, hone in his skills and, and appreciate him. Yeah, definitely. So the chat, Chris in the chat says, uh, Clayton Romilio, did you see Paul Brittle tweet about Goody at the podium Tuesday, 9 a.m. in Indianapolis? Wasn't it last year no one was in Indy for the combine for Green Bay? Um, it wasn't that no one was there. Goody was there and Goody scouts were there. It was Matt LaFleur that stayed back, and he said he, that he wanted his staff to focus on scheme. Goody's got that covered. I believe that's the plan again this year, but who knows? We may look up and LaFleur be there. If I remember correctly, Chris, and I could be wrong, buddy, I think that Goody was there, but LaFleur wasn't. It was the mm-hmm. big thing. Everybody was going, whoa, why ain't the head coach there? Because most of the head coaches go, I love LaFleur's approach. Like, Goody's got that. What am I going to add to this? Right. That's what I'm I love. is going to work on this scheme. Yep, that exactly. And Halfley said it too. He said, I love what Matt's done. I've followed the team. I've loved what Goody's done. He's yeah. he's got and collected so much talent for this team. Why not let do why not let Goody go there and just do his thing? You know, Matt and Jeff, they have they have that thing now. Now they can banter with each other. They've both been head coaches. They both know what you know they're expecting from players. They both got to work offense, defense, scheme overall. Bring in Rich and bam, let Goody go do his thing, man. He's been good at it. Let him just keep being good at it. Definitely. Reef in the chat says, all our skilled positions need to work on their hands. Amen. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind if uh, if our beef works on their hands too, LOL. I need me a big BJ Raji pick six is what I need. I need someone like a – now, I don't even say Carl Brooks either. He's too he's, he's too thin. I need a big boy. I need, you need TJ. I need – oh, my God, T.J. Slayton. If T.J. Slayton got a pick six, bro, I would lose my life. Everybody's going, what the hell are you talking about? You want your your nose tackle dropping into coverage? Hey, if it means a pick six, yeah, sign me up. Do it do it often, early and often. I'll never forget that B.J. Rachi fires on blitz against Chicago, man. And the little, the little shimmy. Oh, yeah, a little shake. Yeah. Yeah, they said, hit him with – Took it down. <laughs> they said the Navy the Navy Pier had some tsunami warnings down there. <laughs> Shaking that rear end. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, everybody work on the hands. I like it, man. Larry in the chat. Mr. Larry, good to see you in here, buddy. He says, Baki was pushed in the running back role because of injuries. Played both sides of the ball a lot. Also special teams. Not sure, but I think a returner, too. That's good mm-hmm. info, Larry. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, Effort, determination. You know I, yeah. You know what I hear? Football player. That's what yep. I hear. Baki's one of those names every year, man. It's like one or two names pops up on the radar. It's like, man, that's an interesting take. Mm-hmm. And boom, they end up on the Packers somehow. That would be really cool if they got Baki. And it always right. kind of just happens at the end of the draft. You know, grab 150, 140. We go, of course. <laughs> every time we go, of course they took him. Yep. For me was JJ and Ibarre. You know, he was he was highest on my board for like two or three picks. And, and me and Ryan were on the live draft stream. We're like, man, Enigbare. This dude's still sitting here, and they finally took him. Low RAS, though, which we'll cover that tomorrow morning on Good Morning Lambo. Math Bomb on Twitter put out the Packers' last three draft classes in their RAS rankings, which is really cool. So we'll cover that tomorrow. Um, let's see if we can get through these final comments here in, in the final video. We'll wrap this big bear up. Jim said, "Yep, use the players to have the best to the best of their abilities. Not put a round peg in a square hole." Amen to that. Uh, Peter Stone, in my opinion, with the history of the Packers team and what we're seeing about our team's future is so exciting. I don't know why there isn't more Packer fans. I used to think like that too, Peter. Um, I used to sit back and go, man, it would suck to be a fan of another franchise. Like tradition, history, success that the Packers have had, we're spoiled, man. No doubt mm-hmm. about it. Chris said, a uh, very well-spoken guy. You could tell he understands defense. He is. He's a. Uh, he's very, very good communicator. There's no doubt about that. Um, all right, let's get to the final video here. Here's Halfley um, just talking about respect and, and, and kind of moving forward, talking about respecting the people that were here before him. Guys, listen, I know people like to pile on and act like this defense was horrible last year. They were not a horrible defense. I think it's safe to say they were average. I, I think that's a fair assessment. They were in the top 10 in scoring, which is the overall goal, right, every single right. year. It's just the other stuff brung them down toward the end. I think they ended up finishing like 12th. They weren't a bad defense. I wouldn't say they were average. 
I think average is fair. Maybe below average would be as far as I would go. And Halfley talks about it right here. Here's uh, Coach Halfley kind of talking about how he respects everyone in the locker room. He respected the coaches from last year and uh, what he does moving forward. Here, I assume you, you went and looked back at what they did last year. Why do you think they weren't quite as good as they wanted to be on defense last year? I, I think they did a lot of good things. Um, and I, I think they played a lot of good defense in a lot of games. And I have respect for everybody that was on that staff and all the guys that were on the field. Um, for me right now, it's about moving forward. And as this thing gets going, try to improve it. And that's, that's really where my head's at right now. So you, you had success, obviously, in college. Um, but how do you know what you did there is going to work in the NFL? I mean, you've mentioned that podcast with Adam Brennan. It's a totally different game with the quarterback runs and everything. So how, did, how does what you did at BC translate to what you need to do here? Well, it's going to be a little bit different than we did at BC. At BC, you had to worry about the quarterback pulling the ball and running every single play. So I had to, when I went back, I had to adapt to that. Because I remember going back from when I was in San Francisco, and all of a sudden, the quarterback was running the ball every play. I was like, whoa, this is a little bit different, right? So you got to watch the film. you got to adjust. Um, I paid very close attention to the NFL. A lot of times at night, I turn on film and watch what very similar people, a lot of close friends I have on defense were doing, and I've stayed up to date on a lot of it. But then we've got a great staff. I mean, we've got, you know, Derek Ansley, who's just a coordinator of the Chargers, Anthony Campanelli, who... I think he's a star. I think he's going to bring energy. I think he is a brilliant football coach. We've obviously kept Rebs, who I think did a really good job here. We've moved him to the D-line. I brought Vince Ogabasi, who was my assistant D-line coach. Um, he was with us in San Francisco as well, so he's been part of a very similar scheme, and he's a guy that I really trust. Um, and then Ryan Downer was actually a quality control coach when I was with the Browns. Totally different system, right? And that's the other thing. I've been a part of – I've been a part of a lot of Totally different system. That was Mike Pettin's system, if I remember correctly. Different defenses. And again, it goes back to what are the what is what is this team gonna be able to do best to allow us to win games? And whether those ideas come from the staff and we all put it together, I mean that's that's how I'm gonna do it here. You know, I've been a head coach now and I think that's helped me and I think that would be a I think that will help me be a better assistant. I think it will help me be a better coordinator because I'm more open to ideas now, because I don't care whose idea it is. If it's the best idea and it's going to help us win games, and that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're in the process of doing now as we piece it all together. Love it. Absolutely love it. So there, I heard a, an old quote in business that said, something special happens when no one cares who gets the credit. Like It's absolutely huge. I think that's what he's basically saying right there is like, we're open to ideas. Let's just collectively come together and get this thing fixed and get it fixed as quickly as possible for mm -hmm. sure. So, Everyone uh, wants the same end goal. You know, Halfley wants to come here and bring bring a trophy, put it in that case. So whether he, you know, whether he does this, this, or that, or he has Matt LaFleur there, or they're, you know, they're bouncing ideas off each other, it doesn't matter. What we want is what's best for this team and for them to produce on the field. Yeah, definitely. Two over this in the chat says, Halfley simply seems like he just gets what it means to lead as a coach in order to get the best out of the players so the players can get the best out of him. Well, that's that's a really good quote there. Mm -hmm. Too old for this. You're not too old for that, my man. That's a good <laughs> quote. I like that. Um, it, it, you know, it, really, it's anything in life. Like, remove the ego for a minute. You know, it's, it's amazing how many people are so quick to say, I told you so, I told you so. There's not a single person that hears you say, I told you so, and thinks more, you know, thinks higher of you after you said that. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, no, when you when you hear someone say, I told you so, what do you think? Get over yourself. Like, mm -hmm. that's immediately what you think, right? But for some reason, some people with low social IQs think, well, let me show them how smart. Let me remind them how smart I am. It's just just crazy. But anyway, parting thoughts, Emilio. That was a lot of fun, dude, hearing all those kind. I can't believe we got through all of them. That was cool. Yeah, no, I'm happy we did because it's exciting to hear him at the podium. He looks great in green and gold. Uh, I'm excited to see what, what, you know, what comes moving forward. Matt LaFleur and him both looked happy and excited. They both been bouncing ideas off each other and it's February and they're already both smiling ear to ear, ready to go for the season. So it's going to be exciting. Um, we got a brand new thing coming and I just can't wait for it. Yeah, we're gonna hopefully, be here. Tim gets, hopefully Tim gets back, you know, with good news from Milwaukee. Maybe we got a sponsorship. We'll get some, you know, some tools on here and all that. And uh, But, no, it's good, man. I love it. You and Tim and your love for Milwaukee tools. 
it, it cracks me up, man. It, it's pretty soon we're gonna be doing a podcast. You're gonna be wearing a hard hat and holding up a sawzall <laughs> or something, right? Hey, I'll do a I'll do a read if they want me to bring out a new tool each episode. Whatever, man, I'll do it for them. It's hilarious, man. Mark in the chat said, "Is it just me or does he sound like a future head coach, man?" That's the only thing. So I'm getting that off, getting that comment off the screen before somebody sees it. So what? Real quick. So what do you think we can? So if he does really produce the way we think, and you know he says all the right things, he does all the right things. Three years max, bro. Let me tell you something. If if he takes this defense and and takes it to, let's say somehow some way the Packers make it to the championship game. Or the Super Bowl next year. Listen to, me. Listen to me. I'm telling you. And this defense is a top five defense. You can bet your rear end he's going to be interviewing for some head coaching jobs. You think he could be gone in as little as a year? This people like the dog Ben Johnson in Detroit. It's what I love about Ben Johnson. Like he could have taken a head coaching job, and he's like, I want to stay here and build something special. There's ways you can keep him by mm-hmm. throwing him a chunk of money and going, Hey, look. You know, Uncle Mark, Mark Murphy going to get in them pockets a little bit and throw a little bit more money right. out there. But, you know, what's what's the chances of him being a head coach next year, you know, getting a head coaching job? You know, probably 20 percent. That's what I was going to say, 15, 20. Yeah, year two, 50 percent if he has a lot of success. Year three, probably 75, 80 percent. seems like once you get to year three, that's where you're kind of – Mm-hmm. You're either losing your job as a coordinator or you're getting a head coaching job. It's very rare. It seems like right. someone's kind of staying put. But uh, if they come out there and they, t- they somehow flip this into a top five defense, they go from 12 to, say, fifth in scoring defense, I think it will be on the radar, man. Mm-hmm. And, Especially if we win one. You know, if we take one home, mm-hmm. it would be over. And, yeah. and, and ideally, hopefully he stays after we take one home. We can get another one or something like right. that. But – yeah. That would be, but I, I do like when he said it early, you know, Matt LaFleur is a family man. He's, you know, he, he knows, you know, the right things, the right qualities, all that stuff. And Halfley is the same way. I do like that. I do think that's going to be a good base for them to, you know, build from. It's not like we got some dude that just wants to be at the top um, just for being at the top. Right. Yeah, for sure. Mark in the chat said full time with Emilio. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're off the rails officially. We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get out. We'll see you guys in the morning for Good Morning Lambo at uh, 8 Central, 9 Eastern AM. Uh, we'll come in here and talk a little uh, little Packers. I'm going to play the rest of the Daniel Jeremiah clip where he's breaking down what the scouts are going through this time of year, how they're evaluating talent. we got the math bomb stuff, some graphics showing you guys the RASs for the last three drafts by Goody. It'll kind of surprise you. Last year was the best RAS year, and lo and behold, it was our best draft year. Kind of cool. Right. So we'll break some of that stuff. Some of that stuff caught me off guard. I was like, man, I really, I really thought they keyed in on RAS more than that in, in 2020, 2021, and 2022. But turns out they uh, – or 2020 and 2021, turns out they actually didn't. So I'm uh, like Mandy points out all the time, I, I am wrong all the time. <laughs> that being said, we're out of here. As always, guys, parting advice. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. That's, that's all. That's all right, we'll see, we'll see you guys in the morning. For a good morning, Lambo. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go, Pat, go. It's a power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. We ask a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not to drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley.